Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I think it was like when I was 13 or 12, I came to learn that there was a God that actually loved me and wanted a personal relationship with me. And that was really exciting to me. Like I said, I felt super alone and I, like I didn't belong. So I was like, there's this God that loves me. Um, so I surrendered my life to him and came to know Jesus as my savior. And from then on, I clung to him. And it was thanks to that relationship with God that Deidre Haight was also able to save her mother, Katerina McLeod, from over 15 years of commercial sexual exploitation. Now, Katerina joined us yesterday and shared her story. Today, Deidre shares her perspective on things. She shares the impact that her mother's choices had on her life and how she was able to use God to help her mother get out of her path of destruction. Deidre Haight joins us today. She's the daughter of Katerina McLeod, who joined us on our show yesterday to share her story of how she survived several years of commercial sexual exploitation. Deidre is the oldest of four children. She's also a speaker as well as a voice teacher. She also helps her mother out with her organization, Rising Angels. You have had a different life than many of us will have experienced. Um, You grew up in a household where there was some sexual exploitation and a whole lot of other stuff that many of us will go, well, no, that only happens on television. Like this doesn't happen in real life. Tell us about your childhood growing up. Yeah. So it's interesting as I got older, I have taken counseling in my life and just reflected more and I journal a lot to process. And when I was younger, it was just what I knew. Um, So it was my normal but then as I look back and and the biggest actually uh, moment of aha was uh, in university when I was taking a minor in psychology and I did a child development and psychology course. And I realized um, that neglect or emotional neglect and things like that were really big things that affected children. And because my mom was never physically abusive to me, and we always had um, food to eat and a place to live, I thought, oh, my upbringing wasn't that bad. Um, but the way I could explain it to you is I grew up feeling really lonely. I grew up feeling like a burden and like I really didn't belong anywhere. And <clears throat> because of what my mom was going through with um, the sexual exploitation and the addiction that came along with that, she was not really able to be there for me emotionally, which was really hard. And I didn't know that necessarily how much that affected me. But as I grew up, I came to realize that there were wounds in my heart from that. For those who don't know, can you share a little bit more about the situation? Yeah. So my mom actually had me quite young. She had me when uh, she was 15, and um, then she ended up getting into prostitution in her 20s. Um, And now it wasn't in our home. It wasn't that she did this from our house, but what she had to do on a daily basis is going to affect the home because it affects her state of mind and her well-being. Um, So like I said, with that, there was uh, the men that she dated, they weren't always the best men. And many of them were abusive. If it wasn't physically abusive to her, they were emotionally abusive, um, verbally abusive, uh, and addiction. So I remember times when I was a young girl 
probably in elementary school and my mom would come home uh, drunk and I would take her upstairs and make sure that she got out of her clothes and was um, in bed and able to sleep. So that's just a lot to carry for a young child. How did you do that as such a young child that you took it upon yourself to parent your parent effectively? How? (laughs) I think that that's kind of what happens. Like, I think it's quite common that, um, well, I'm the Mm -hmm. oldest of four, uh, three other siblings. Um, And it's kind of like as the oldest and someone who is sensitive and empathetic, there's a need. And I realize I want to help my mom. Um, But then you realize as you're older, having such responsibility kind of put on your shoulders was damaging in some ways. What's interesting to me is we've had the chance about a year ago to talk to your mom. And one thing that she said is that you would leave scripture on her door. You would talk about God. You shared all of this with her, but yet listening to what you grew up with, how do you have that faith? How is that even possible? Mm -hmm. So um, I think it was like when I was 13 or 12, uh, I came to learn that there was a God that actually loved me and wanted a personal relationship with me. And that was really exciting to me. Like I said, I felt super alone and I like I didn't belong. So I was like, there's this God that loves me. Um, so I surrendered my life to him and came to know Jesus as my savior. And from then on, I clung to him. Like he was my saving grace. He's what brought any peace in my life and hope. Um, so I would pray. I would pray constantly for my mom, for my family. And I would also pray that God would help me know how to love them because it was a challenge sometimes um, staying loving and staying gentle in that environment because there was a lot of hurt and pain. Uh, so anything that I did, like scripture verses or praying for her or being so bold and sharing I really felt it was the courage that God gave me because some of the things I don't even remember doing. Your your faith and your relationship with God is one of the biggest reasons and the biggest helps in your mom's life. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so once I came to know that there was this loving God that I could pray to and he could do anything, I didn't know how he'd do it. But I began praying. I began praying for my mom regularly and asking him to break her free from this industry because I knew that it was hurting her and I didn't want her to be doing that. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And there were some times where it felt like I was hitting a wall and I'd be like, God, where are you? Why aren't you moving? Why aren't you changing something? Um, But I prayed for eight years. And then one day she called me and she said, I'm leaving the industry. And I was just excited, but also like, oh my goodness, it's finally happened. Um, So it was, I had to have perseverance and I had to continue to just trust that God would make a way. Um, But yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I love just remembering that God is so good. And he answered that prayer. Uh, Often times on the show we've talked to parents and talk about the power of a praying parent but here we see the power of a praying child Uh, what do you say to people Uh, they're kind of like you they've been praying for a loved one for years and years and there's no change in sight yeah I would say you don't you have to have hope you don't always know what God's doing in the background 
um, to not give up. Don't do it in your own strength. Continue to pray that he gives you strength in the words. And also, I, I would encourage people to pray not in worry, but in believing and declaration. So uh, I don't know, like if I'm I'm worried about my mom and I, like I see so much darkness in her life, I instead of praying, God, uh, oh, the darkness, like I see the darkness, please get rid of the darkness. Instead, I would pray in confidence, God, I thank you that you have life for her. I thank you that you have a purpose for her. I thank you that you love her. And I would pray that he would continue to soften her heart towards him. Now, when it comes to your faith, um, you obviously have to have a strong faith to be able to pray for eight years um, for your mom. When she finally made that decision to leave and to change her life, how did that impact your faith? Yeah, it was, it fueled it. Like it was so (laughs) exciting to me um, because it was something that I was just holding onto for so long and I had no idea how. So I was praying, but I didn't have the resources to help her to get out. I didn't have any wise plans. I didn't have another job option. I couldn't change her heart. I couldn't have done any of that part, but I just lifted my prayers up to God. So it was so exciting and amazing to me for that moment to happen. But then from there, it was steps and walking. And it's not like she left that and it was instantly like, oh, and now she's all better and yeah. everything is easy. <laughs> yeah, I think so often people hear these stories and they think like, I mean, God does a miracle in somebody's life and they think that's it, that everything's done, right? But it's still a process afterwards, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it totally is. Um, sexual exploitation just brings so much trauma, which can cause post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety disorder and so many things like that, flashbacks. Um, So just having the grace to understand that, learn more about that and be gracious still, like to know that my mom, yes, she's coming to know Jesus and she's walking it out and it's been a little while now, which is awesome. But to um, learn to have communication together, to learn to share with her oh, hey, mom, when you responded this way, uh, that actually hurts me. And just continue to actually build our relationship. Because I feel like when I was younger, we really didn't have one. Hmm. Now, and your story is a good reminder for us as parents. Um, often, you know, maybe a parent struggling with something and we think, well, like, I'm not directly hurting my kid, right? I'm not hitting them. I'm there for them. They have a place to stay. I'm feeding my kids still. But our choices as parents, they affect our children no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Um, the kids pick up on things. Like, even if you don't say something, they watch and they notice. Um Like I would say for me, things that I noticed from my mom without her directly maybe saying it all the time is I learned when I was younger that my only worth was in my appearance and men would only want me for sex. And I just learned that from like watching her with her boyfriends, watching her even sitting, watching her get ready with her makeup and getting ready for uh, her work in quotations. But (laughs) um, yeah, just those things. Uh, Kids are watching and they're listening and they're feeling as well. What's amazing with your story is the beauty, the beautiful person that has come out of this and just who you are today. 
besides your faith, what are some other things that have helped you get to the point that you are at today? Yeah. So I'd have to say the biggest thing is my faith, (laughs) but um, I love music. I sing and I write and journaling has helped me so much. That's where I chat with God. Um, Counseling, like I've really found counseling different seasons in my life helpful. Um, And having good friends and other people to support me along the way and process with me, as well as my mom and now I would say she is someone in my life that I can lean on, that I can um, understand the trauma even that happened to me and chat about it and learn and grow. And I'm just so thankful for that. That was going to be another question I had. What is your relationship like now with your mom? Yeah, I would say that I grew up kind of feeling like motherless in a sense. I had a physical mother, but she wasn't able to be there for me in the way that I needed a mother. Um, and then I I would say that I felt like I got my mom back. And she says that she doesn't know, like, would our relationship be as strong if we didn't go through these hardships together? We don't know, but she's amazing. And I'm just so proud of her. And I love her. And I love being able to speak with her and walk alongside her um, with her organization, Rising Angels, and just see the fierceness that is in her. And to pray together is just the most beautiful moments um, with her. Tell us a little bit about Rising Angels and then your involvement with that as well. Yeah, so Rising Angels is my mom's organization and she educates. She educates people about sexual exploitation and prostitutions, the harms of it. She shares her story and experience. She also mentors women who are exiting that industry, um, which is a lot, a lot of work for her. Um, and she's a public speaker. Uh, she, they have awesome resources. We do uh, what's called Divine Church Online every other Tuesday right now with just any women that want to join. It's just a really safe, relaxed space to share about God together and have community. And um, so I help with Rising Angels. I'm on the leadership team for that. Uh, Sorry, Divine Church. I'm on the leadership team for Divine Church. And with Rising Angels, like I've helped with some events like high tea that they've had. I spoke there or just different things. We kind of spoke together or shared together in that, um, which has been really awesome. And we're also doing a boundaries course right now with some of the awesome women that my mom is mentoring. Oh, tell us a little bit about uh, boundaries. And yeah, I know really important in our lives to be able to set boundaries and keep them. Yeah, it's so important. But when you come from trauma, you have no boundaries. Yeah. What was supposed to be your boundary was blurred and taken away. So I think it's so fundamental. I'm learning so much. My mom's learning so much and the women are learning so much. And then just being able to dialogue and talk about like, where do you see that you didn't have those boundaries? How can we start to shape and form them now? And knowing that we're worth having strong boundaries. What would you say to maybe a child that's listening to this um, currently in, in a situation similar to what you went through, but doesn't see that light, doesn't have that hope? What would you say to them? I think that I would say, try to find people 
that are your people, um, your friends. Um, maybe there's really good teachers you have. Just try to find a little bit of support to help you continue along the way because you will need support. Um, and don't try to do it in your own strength. Don't think it's all on your shoulders, even if it feels like it. Tell us about uh, life today. Um uh, what your life is like and what you keep busy with and your relationship with your mom. Um, life now is really good. Like it, <laughs> how do we answer? So life now is good in the sense of, I said, I feel like I got a mom back and we're building and we're growing our relationship and we're, I feel like a powerhouse working together and just sharing about what God has done, which has been so good. Um, and just kind of, you know, doing life is we still have things to process together. There are still moments where my mom will come to me and God has brought to her heart a time that she really hurt me. Hmm. And she'll come to me and really be specific and say, I'm really sorry for this. And um, she, it was actually recently that she did that. And I wrote back and I said, mom, like, thank you so much. I know that part of like repentance and bringing things out is, is you need to share, but also know that this has been forgiven a long time ago. Like I'm not holding anything against you and I love you and we're just moving forward. So I just feel there's a lot more health here and just a lot more richness and hope. That's pretty powerful. And for you, to be able to just forgive and start moving forward, right? Probably not an easy thing, but probably a very healthy thing, I imagine. Yeah, forgiveness is not easy, especially when there's deep pains and wounds and also the messiness of being human. And like, it's not like once I forgave my mom, she never did anything again that hurt me. It it just meant that I wasn't going to hold on to the bitterness anymore. And when she did hurt me in like a present moment by, I don't know, maybe saying something insensitive by accident or not even noticing, I'd have to come to her and share. Because if I didn't, then she doesn't even know and she can't learn um, and realize, oh, that that I didn't mean to do that. And and I guess like trusting in relationship that somebody actually loves you and, and does want a good relationship. So if they hurt you, it's not always intentional. Yeah, it's such a good and important reminder for so many of us. You mentioned earlier uh, you are a speaker. Tell us a little bit about how we could find out more info about you, maybe get in touch with you, whether we have questions for you or uh, wanted to have you speak to our organization. Yeah, so I'm actually on the Rising Angels um, website. I believe it's risingangels.net. Um, so it says that I'm a speaker on there. So you can always contact and find out more information for that, um, which is totally awesome. I love sharing my story and all that God has done and just encouraging people. Oh, and something else very interesting before we go. I forgot about this. You're a vocal teacher as well. I'm wondering what kind of role music's played in your healing journey. Yeah, so I love singing and I love encouraging and speaking life to others. So I started my own business, um, which is kind of part-time right now. It's called Courageously Creative. So if any of you guys want to check that out, it's courageouslycreative.ca. And I teach voice lessons to those who have maybe never done them before, but want to try and be courageous. Um, yeah, music, 
I have always loved music since I can remember. And it was the way that I processed, sang my heart out. Mm. Like there were songs that I was like, yes, they understand me. And it was just a beautiful way to express differently than just kind of verbal or trying to even process. I think as a young girl, um, I could connect with the music and sometimes it was kind of like my safe haven. Yeah, music such a powerful piece sometimes when we lack lack words to speak, right, or to pray, yet somehow they come out in song, whether it's somebody else's song or we can create our own or whatever. Uh, yeah. I love that name, Courageously Creative, too. Oh, thank you. Well, everybody can check that out, courageouslycreative.ca, you said? Yes. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to Deidre's full conversation again, or her mother, Katerina McLeod's conversation, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.